Hey guys, welcome back to the Pennies to Pounds podcast with your host Kay. And this is the podcast where we aim to dispel myths, simplify difficult financial jargon and rectify your own personal problems. So two things. Number one, happy Monday. Hope you guys are having a good day, probably on your way to work, um, just waking up, whatever you're doing. Hope you have a good and productive Monday. Number two, happy International Women's Day week, month. Let's say month. Happy International Women's Month. So... Just want to shout out all my women out there, you know what I mean? You're all amazing, honestly. This is the month, for those of you who don't know, we just basically celebrate women, celebrate women's achievements, celebrate how far we've come as women. Um, just basically everything women. This, this, is, this is the month for it. March is that month. So happy International Women's Month. And I want to do something nice for the women out there. So for those of you who are listening, I want to kind of shout out some influential women in your life. They could be famous. They could be someone close to you. Um, but anyone you want to shout out, they may listen to the podcast, they may not, but just send in, you could just email it to info at pennysapounds.co.uk, send it in with a little shout out saying, I don't know, this is to my mum because she's so amazing, whatever you want to say, or this is to Beyonce because you keep my heart pumping, whatever you want to say, send it in and I'll do a little shout out to, um, to the amazing women in your life that you kind of want to just let them know how great they are. So just send them in. And I'm going to do that in the next episode. But without further ado, this is another episode of Penny Problems, as we all come to know and love. So this, for those of you who don't know, this is the episode where I answer your, your questions, your dilemmas around certain topics. Um, so let's get straight into it. Here's one here. I'm going to read it. It says, hi, hope all is good. I always see the content you post on Twitter and love it. And was just wondering if I could, if you have any free time, if you could possibly answer some questions that are always on my mind that I just can't find the answers to online. If you know any of the answers, I'm going to give it a go. Let's go. First one is about credit scores. How do I get my credit score to a bank's satisfaction for a mortgage? It's kind of like a broad question, but I don't know if you listened. Oh, sorry, I've got a bit of a cold. Just a little disclaimer. I feel like I can I sound a bit bunged up. But just back to the question. I don't know if you listened to episode 18 with Bricks with Tips, that was all about property. And he did mention how to kind of see the criteria that you need to get a mortgage. So he mentioned that if you were to go online, you could type in, let's say, Santander. So you say Santander Mortgages for Intermediaries. And that's basically the website that mortgage brokers would use to be able to see what mortgages are going to be the best fit for you, depending on your requirements. So I definitely recommend you go and use his tip there and have a look and see what certain banks require. They may state the kind of credit score they're looking for, they may not. What I've heard from a lot of mortgage brokers is that credit score isn't a be all and end all. Of course it needs to be good, but it doesn't need to be, you know, maxed out 999 like on experience. It doesn't need to be at that point. It just needs to be good, like relatively good enough to get a mortgage because that's not the only factor that banks take into consideration. It was taken into your consideration your income, your spending levels, um, your existing levels of debt, access and availability to credit. There's a lot of other factors that are taken in, not just credit score. So obviously it needs to get to a good level, but it doesn't need to be completely maxed out. So just so you don't need to worry and think, oh my gosh, how am I going to get it to like maxed out? It doesn't need to be at that point. To get it to that point, there's quite a few methods that you can use. Um, I've said some of them before. What you can do is obviously some of the, the basic ones that we know is to make sure that you're registered to vote. So make sure you're on an electoral roll because that's the only way that banks, loan institutions, all these places are able to verify that you are who you say you are. It's a way of verifying your identity because you put it down and you said, this is who I am. This is where I live. It's a, it's a way for them to be able to cross-reference who you are. 
Second one is obviously to pay your bills on time. Sounds really menial, really like we know this, but a lot of people don't. So obviously paying bills on time shows that you're reliable, um, you're able to pay things on time, obviously. If you have any kind of credit cards or any kind of loans, make sure you're repaying those on time and regularly helps you. If you're like, mm, I don't really want a credit card, but I still want to build on my credit, there's a website called Lockbox. That's L-O-Q-B-O-X, I mentioned it before. Lockbox is the credit builder. So just briefly, the way that this works is you sign up to Lockbox and you can save monthly between 20 to 300 pounds. So you can pick whatever amount you want. Let's say you pick 30 pounds. So you pick 30 pounds to save each month. And what it will do is it'll basically say that you've taken out a credit agreement for, let me do my maths, 30 times 12, 360 pounds. I should have known that. I definitely should have known that. For 360 pounds. So what it'll say is that you've, on your credit file, it will be reflected that you've taken out a loan of 360 pounds. Obviously you haven't, but this is the way that it builds credit. So that is put on your file. And every month on whatever date you pick, it takes out that 30 pounds and puts it away. So obviously on your credit file, show that you're paying back this loan regularly. So that obviously helps to build your credit because you're building it on t- um, you're paying it back sorry, on time and regularly. And at the end of the 12 months, so once you've basically paid off that loan, in quotation marks, you then also get the money back. So it's a good way for you to save and build credit at the same time. So you'll see your credit score go up. What they recommend when you get lockboxes, they say to you the moment you sign up to it, screenshot your credit score. Screenshot it. And then obviously at the end of the 12-month period, screenshot it again and you'll be able to see the difference that has happened thanks to Lockbox. So that's obviously a good way if you want to save and build credit at the same time. Lockbox is really good. Um, but yeah, those are kind of some, some about the simple and main ways to build credit. Hopefully that helps. The second part to your question was, how do I check it? Tried to do it on totally money and it could not find me. The chances are that you probably may not be registered to vote, number one. That's usually the main reason. So double check that you have registered to vote and you're on the electoral roll. Number two, it can sometimes just be because you've never had any kind of forms of credit in your name. So you may not have, let's say, um, a simple, something as simple as having a phone contract in your name is a line of credit. So if you don't have anything like that, there's no way that they're able to track you to see how good you are. Usually it's the, the first one, but have a look and make sure that you're, you're reg- make sure that you're registered to vote and also see if you can get any kind of lines of credit out in your name. You know, like if you've never been able to get an overdraft out, depending on how old you are, I'm not too sure how old you are. All these things are lines of credit, which obviously will add to your credit score because a credit score is a score to show how good of a borrower you are of credit. So if you've never had any credit, it's going to be very hard for you to have a credit score. Hopefully that makes sense. Then you have another... Oh, you've got quite a few questions, don't you? Wow, okay. It's going to be a chunky one, right. I have a direct debit that comes out of my bank, car insurance. The policy is not in my name. It's just a direct debit that comes out of my bank. Sometimes when they try to take the money out, I don't have the funds. I always withdraw the money from my bank account as random companies try to finesse me. Then my, my account will take the money out of, then, then, then my account will take the money out of my account and I will have till 3pm that day. Will this affect my credit? Let me just try and simplify this in my head. So you have direct payments coming out for your car insurance. You withdraw your money to make sure that other companies don't withdraw your money from direct debits. Um, and obviously your bank will let you know that you have no money in there and you have to pay something. So you put it in by 3pm without that affect your credit. Right, I think I've kind of understood the question. As long as you make the payment, and the payment's not late, so even when, because usually your banks will give you a bit of leeway, so it'll tell you, you know, this is due to come out, there's no money in your account, or there's not enough in your account, um, and it may tell you 8 a.m., and they say, you know what, put money in by 2 p.m., and you'll be okay. You know, we'll kind of delay that payment for you, but you'll be okay. If you miss that delay, 
and then after that, 2pm passes and you still haven't put money in, then that will affect your credit because you've missed a payment. But if you make sure you make those, you put the money, the funds back in before the time that they ask, so the payment can come out, then it doesn't affect your credit at all. So don't worry about that. What I would say is you said um, some companies tried to finesse you. Have a look. In your banking app, you're able to see what direct debits you've obviously agreed to because direct debits is you saying to companies, I agree for you to take money out this time every month for whatever bill it is. If you go into your online banking app, you can have a look to see all the direct debits that you've said yes to and you're able to cancel them in the app. So as long as you cancel them, some of them you can do at least 24 hours before the payment's due. Some of them need about two, three days. But as long as you cancel them, then they won't take out more money again. So have a look there. Um, but that sounds a bit, you know, make sure you don't want these companies just taking out money. If you haven't agreed to something, make sure you unsubscribe cancel any subscriptions that you've got, just get rid of anything that you don't want to pay for anymore because you don't need to keep withdrawing your money from your account. That's a bit long. Then we've come back to mortgages, right? How does a mortgage truly work and how much will I need as a deposit currently with Barclays? Right, let's, let's just backtrack. So we'll start off with how much do I need for deposit first. I'm assuming that you're a first-hand buyer. So typically... For a deposit for a house, you need about 10% of the property value. So if the property that you're looking for is £200,000, you need to have about 20k thereabouts for your deposit. Obviously, you may need a bit more to cover some, some legal fees, you know, solicitors, mortgage brokers, all of that. But typically around 10% of the property value is what you would need for your deposit. doesn't matter what bank you're with. You know, you don't have to get your mortgage with the bank that you bank with. You you probably will find that you won't get a mortgage with the bank that you bank with. So you, you mentioned that you're with Barclays, you might get a mortgage with Halifax. You never know. Um, but that's typically what you need to save up for a deposit. When it comes to how mortgages work, so let me explain this. So if I had a mortgage and I've got my deposit, 10% deposit, so what the bank will do is it's a LTV mortgage. So it's loan to value. So what they do is I have 10% of the property value. So they loan me the extra 90% of the property value. If that makes sense. So you're able to buy the the property that you want and then you'd make back repayments to the bank for that loan. Like any other loan, you repay back the bank because they're basically saying, look, you need to buy this house. You don't have all the money for it. So we're going to front up some of the money and you just pay us back with interest. And that, that's cool. We got you. Usually mortgages are like 40 years, 30 years. You know, they're quite a lengthy bit of time. Um, that's how, essentially the crux of how a mortgage works. Right, so... Mortgages, typically the bank will lend you between four to 4.5 times your annual salary. So let's say it's me and let's say I earn 25K a year. Yeah, let's just say that that's my annual salary. So the bank will lend me up to times 4.5. They will lend me up to basically 110,000 pounds. Typically, if you, if you times it, you know, times four, or 4.5, that's typically how much the bank will lend me. So I'm able to get, so that, that basically helps you to figure out what kind of property you can afford. So if I said, right, I own 25,000 pounds a year, but the property I want is 500,000 pounds, obviously I'm not gonna be able to get that amount borrowed from the bank because my earnings isn't enough. So at least then you're able to kind of reflect and even see how much you can afford on your current salary or what kind of salary you should be looking at, see if you can get to get the house that you want. You know what I mean? It helps you kind of decide that way. You have another question. I have a help to buy ISA. However, I um, only have one pound in it as I opened it. What? Wait, let me let me backtrack. I have a help to buy ISA. However, I only have one pound in as I opened it when it was like stopping. What actually is this? Wow, you have a lot of questions. You have a lot of questions. 
So the Helps by Isa, um, I'm sure many of you know, but Helps by Isa is, was, sorry, a government-funded scheme to help first-time buyers get on the property ladder. So this was um, a scheme, basically, so people can save to get their first house. The way it works is, obviously, you need one pound in there to keep it open, and then you're able to put in a maximum of £200 in per month. So with that maths, it'll take you five years to save up £12,000. And depending on how much you save up, the government will give you a bonus of 25%. So if I saved up the maximum of £12,000 in the five years, then the government will give me £3,000, which would mean I'd have £15,000 towards my deposit for my first house. That's how it works. Obviously, that is not available at the moment because that's completely finished, done, shut, gone, you know, made redundant, that is finished. And it was superseded by the lifetime ISA. So if you don't have a help to buy ISA and you hear it, you think, oh, that's good. It's been superseded by the lifetime ISA. And that's the only option that we have now in the UK um, as like a bonus from the government to get your first property. But yes, that is how the help to buy ISA works. Yeah, that's pretty much your questions. That's a lot of questions though. That was a lot of questions, but we got through it. We did well. Whew, good. Right. Here's another question. It says, hi, with regards to your tweet about saving, aren't Plum and Moneybox similar in what they do? So do you use both? And if so, how do you use both? Yes, you're right. Plum and Moneybox are very similar. So if you don't know the two apps, so they're both saving vehicles, saving apps to help you save. But the difference is with Moneybox, you're able to get a lifetime ISA through there. You can get a junior ISA. You can get um, stocks and shares ISA. You can even get a pension through there. They're, they're able to provide those kinds of funds for you. Whereas Plum is just a savings pot and you can invest. Yeah, so that's that's the kind of like the main differences between those two. But they're they're very similar in their approach. So with Plum and Moneybox, you can use Roundup. So that means when you spend two pounds fifty nine on a coffee, you can put forty one p into savings. You can do that. They're both similar in that that sense. Um, obviously, it will collect money every every week if you want to help you save. It's all very very similar in that sense. But I do use both. So I use Plum myself. That is my emergency fund. So any money that goes into Plum is. It's not my emergency fund, actually. It's my car fund, which I just had to use because my car needed a service and needed fixing. Um, but that is my car fund. So that's how I use that. And then Moneybox is just like my my other kind of savings. So I use both simultaneously. It's up to you what you want to use it for because obviously you can use Moneybox to get other kind of funds. You can, If you said, you know what, I don't have any kind of ISAs out. I want to get an ISA through Moneybox, but then I also want to use Plum to save a bit of extra money. You can do so. You can just choose to use one. There is no right or wrong. It's just up to you, whatever your preference is, pretty much. So I hope that helps a little bit as well. Um, here's another question. Hello, I have been following your Twitter for a while. And firstly, I'd like to say thank you for all the advice. You're so welcome. I recently saw your tweets about side hustles and learning skills via YouTube. What skills would you suggest in order to set up a successful hide, uh, hide? side hustle? I'm interested, but I can't seem to see what there is a demand for in the current market. Right. So let me go back to the tweet that I made for those of you who didn't see it. So I made a tweet about side hustles and I pretty much made a tweet basically saying, these are kind of all the skills that are currently in demand in the market right now. So if you're thinking about, mm, I want to make some... What is wrong with me today? If you're thinking, mm, I want to make some extra money, but I don't know what to learn or what I can do, this is the tweet that I made to, to basically just compose everything all in one go. So I'm going to read it out very briefly of the skills that are on here. When this one's to load? Here we go. Right, so I said high income skills to learn in 2020. There was web design, copywriting, digital marketing, UX UI design, coding, graphic design, video editing, and software development. So those are the skills 
that are pretty much in high demand at the moment. So what I'd recommend to the person who asked the question is definitely refer back to this tweet that I made. Pick one of those skills because a side hustle can literally be anything. You don't have to use one of those skills. You can you may have a skill of your own that you're good at. Like, for example, you may be good at translation. Let's just say random skill. You can literally have anything as a side hustle. But what I would say is a lot of people don't necessarily always take side hustles seriously. I feel like one thing that people forget is that they think about the money. They think, I want to make money, and that's my that's my goal, that's my core, that's all I care about is the money side. What I will say is customer service is so, so, so important. So that is one skill that a lot of people dismiss, don't even take into consideration, because in order to be successful, whether your side hustle stays on the side or becomes your main, is you want to have a good reputation. And reputation comes from your brand and customer loyalty. So if customers think, mm, I use this person for, let's just say, graphic design, and they were so rude, they were so late on designs, um, it was good, but they just didn't stick to anything that they said, you don't seem credible anymore. So you don't want that. So please, 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 anyone who's thinking of setting up a side hustle has really got one going, invest in your customer service skills. Invest in it. There's If you need... YouTube video, there's YouTube video. I'll, I'll even put some in the description box for you to have a look. There's YouTube videos to have a look about customer service. There's all kinds of things to have a look. Do that. If you're thinking, you know what, I want to learn some of these side hustles, YouTube is obviously number one. Go on YouTube, there's some free videos, not some. YouTube is your free teacher. Free teacher. Utilize YouTube. There are people with some incredible skills on there who go on there and just teach you for free right? So use YouTube if you want to learn any skill. I picked up so many skills from YouTube. Use YouTube. There's there's also a website called Skillshare, which I'll link in the podcast description as well. And Udemy, I've got quite a few courses on Udemy. Udemy is really, really good. Some amazing teachers on there. A lot of courses are like £10 to like give you like an in-depth knowledge on like Photoshop or whatever you want to learn. I'll link those in the podcast episode description, sorry. But definitely have a look if you're looking to kind of like spice up your life and get some extra coins in especially if you're at uni that's what I learned a lot of my side hustles because I thought I need to generate some money whilst at uni but because I did a joint honours well I do joint honours um so I did French and business I wasn't I was in five days a week I didn't have much time to work or anything so I thought how can I make money on the side so that's how I learned a lot of my side hustles so that might be your you know the predicament you're in you may think you know what I work as well I just want something else on the side to earn a bit of extra money wherever it is whatever your reason then definitely have a look and definitely earn and learn some skills from YouTube and from all these websites but yes that is penny problems for today hope you guys enjoyed I really do sound bunged up in it I've been taking night nurse and it's not getting much better. I don't know. Night nurse, day nurse. I've been using all the nurses and none of the nurses are really coming through for me. I'm really trying. I've been ill for like two weeks. <sighs> I'm trying. But I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Please do follow the Pennies to Pounds Instagram page. We now have it. It's there live, live all. It's up there. Have a look. We also have a newsletter which goes out every single Monday. So in conjunction with the podcast, we have a newsletter which goes out every Monday at 9am to basically give you one or two of the top stories from the week that you may have missed. Find out stories and kind of break it down to let you know what's going on, why it's important and why you kind of need to need to be up to date with it. So that's what I'm going to do. Sign up. It's in the Instagram account link bio. And I'm also going to link in the episode description if you want to sign up. Put your name down and you'll get it every Monday at 9am. And yeah, that's it from me. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your Monday. 
and I'll see you again next week. Bye.